Hello and welcome to Home Cookery and Other Sins with Nick and Ashley. Today we're going to talk about a recipe that Nick doesn't remember making, apparently. <laughs> I mean, so that's not fair. We just talked about how I don't remember this and you're like ruining my like attempt to even hide the fact that I don't remember making this. I remember eating it. Yeah, it's really good and it memorable, good, but... and I want to make it for more people because it's like super good, and it kind of surprised me because I was like kind of skeptical about it. It's Greek, which like I remember making fun of the name of this one because it was so fucking hard to say for me. But I I literally I remember you telling me the name, which I'm just gonna call Greek meatballs. Is that okay? Sure. Okay. I remember you telling me the name, and I kept saying it wrong on purpose, and you got mad at me. I remember that. Oh, because you kept doing it like... Like, like ridiculously wrong. Like your five-year-old just, like, gets it in his head that he wants to say the same word over and over, and he won't shut up, and you're like, I fucking hate five-year-olds. Yeah. Well, and then I also started saying it, like, super wrong on purpose. Like, okay, so what is this? This is... Sutsukakia. Okay, so we're having soup bukakia, huh? Is that what you wanted? No. Not even close, but that's what I did. Probably for the week leading up to this recipe, I kept uh, saying... Supikaka? Oh, oh, we're going to have Slovakia, okay. What? No. So, yeah, I remember making fun of this, but I do not remember cooking it. I remember eating it. No, that's good. So, I mean, it's memorable, I remember it's, everything but cooking it. It's like pretty easy to make. Maybe too. that's why I don't remember cooking it. Yeah, it's just like, it's not that difficult. I think we made it on a Friday because we were afraid it might be like mm -hmm. more steps, but it ended up being pretty straightforward. Mm -hmm. So, anywho, and yeah, it's so it's Greek, which I've I'm learning to like more Greek things. I, I didn't really like anything Mediterranean for a long time, but... Well, are you going to tell them why you didn't like anything Mediterranean Yeah, I mean, that's time? because I hadn't really tried much of it, right? Like, I was like, oh, Mediterranean food kind of is like olives and like feta and really dry chicken kebabs from your shitty neighborhood, like yep. Daphne's or whatever. I was going to say... You know, most people are like, oh, this is fine. It's like the McDonald's of whatever culture. This wasn't neat. Most of what we had access to was like the Burger King of Mediterranean food. Yes, for reference, like, Burger King is terrible. Oh, we don't like Burger King. If you like Burger King, I'm sorry that you don't have any better food around you. All right, Burger uh, King sucks. I don't get it. I don't get it either. So, so with the impression that Burger King is terrible, this was like... The Burger King of Mediterranean food. Yeah, so, and there was, like, a point in time where, like... My parents loved it. Your parents, but other people, like, everybody wanted to eat Greek because it's, like, healthy and light or whatever. Yeah, but and I'm like, it's I just guess dry and... It's just dry meat and... Bland hummus. Boring rice and, like, salad. And I'm like, cool. I don't get it. Uh, at a time when I wouldn't even touch, like iceberg salads it was like romaine and tomatoes yeah my like, parents were like let's get this because half of your sides are always salad and i'm like cool so i don't even want I, i'm gonna miss out on a third of this fucking dish yeah yeah i mean i i tended to write off like entire food groups based on limited experiences well look at us we both grew up 
I used to do that too. Yeah, I, I mean, still do. I'm finally gonna try oysters. Oysters. Yeah, I've been writing off most shellfish for most of my life. But now he actually likes some shellfish. Some, I like like shrimp, shrimp and, and scallops, scallops, which and um, clams. And, yeah. Oh yeah, and only clams. if they're in chowder though. You'd probably like clams just to eat. But. Oh yeah. You got me eating octopus. I know it's not shellfish, but <laughs> we went to uh, we went to a winery near us, and it's probably some of the best food in the valley. And they had what was it? Barbecued grilled, grilled like, octopus. It mm. was. I had only ever had octopus in the what was it the the takoyaki takoyaki where it was just like that chewy cube, gross. <laughs> and then you get yeah, and then you ordered it, and I was like, oh, this is actually. Yeah, because well, the takoyaki and, like, the stuff like that, or, like, sushi octopus is, like, I love it, but it's definitely, like, on the cartilage crunchy side mm-hmm. because it's the little tiny legs that, mm-hmm. you know, so it's different. No good. It's very different from having, like, a big, like, you know, piece of an octopus tentacle, like, the big ones. That's, like, seasoned and grilled. marinated and, and slow grilled, and it's, like... Yeah. Not a little, little charcoaly, burny, like in the right way, not carbon. Yeah, really, really it was good. good. It um, was good. Surprisingly, really good grill marks on it and everything, and it was just like super tender. And I was like, I didn't know octopus could do that, but that makes sense. I mean, squid can do that. But if you get like a big flick squid steak and do something like that, it could probably do the same thing. Yeah. But um. So yeah, yeah, we didn't like Greek for the longest time. Then I didn't like Greek, and by extension, I didn't really like most things Mediterranean. Because for as again, as far as we were concerned, they were one and the same in our yeah, area. Yeah, because it's like that's what there is. And then also, I didn't really realize, like, I didn't add up in my head that Italian is Mediterranean because I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I'm like Mediterranean, but. <laughs> And I'm, like to be fair, that's not just me though. That's my my that's family, most people. my family, and uh, Nick's <laughs> family. They're both. They're just. They're just kind of your average families where they're not. I mean, I wouldn't put together that Italian is Mediterranean because that's not. Well, I mean, it yes, is. it is because it's on the Mediterranean <laughs> Sea, but it's not when you say Mediterranean food. That's not what comes to mind. It's part of that. It's like you know. It's, it's very much a part of that. It's like when you say Japanese food. Some people are going to think, you know, fried chicken sandwiches, but most people are going to go, like, rice and sushi. Like, yeah, that's true. Japanese food is, like, a lot of grilled meat and stuff, too. So. But, yeah, I was just going to say our families are both, like, kind of just standard white families that are... Like, Italian food is pasta and Yeah, and they just kind of, like, and... they know what they know, and they're not... As, like, food adventurous as we've we gotten are. a little more food adventurous yeah, over we, time. Yeah, we've definitely, like, brought them stuff and, like, they're they're getting more adventurous and things like that. But it's just, like, when we were growing up, it was, we also didn't like anything is the thing. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you're, t- you're talking to the king of not eating anything for the longest time. Yeah, I swear I went to college. Like, I went away to college, but not really. Like, it was... In Irvine, which was, you know, an hour from (coughs) where I lived. She lived on campus and came home every weekend. Yeah, I lived on campus because I wanted the experience, which, like, it was fun, but 
it was really a lot of money for that. Um, but I'm grateful that I got to do it, though. I'm grateful I got to be have, like, that stupid adult years. Like, Nick didn't really get to do that because he, he was at home the whole time. I went to a commuter school. Yeah, which, like, that's fine. It just it sucks because you kind of miss that time in your life where you're allowed to be fucking stupid. And everybody's like, yep, college, you know? Yeah, because you're at the college where everybody around you is being stupid. And, you know, no one, the only people to judge you are the older students, and they're going to go, yeah, I was just doing that last year, so I mean... I pushed a friend down the street in, like, at midnight in a shopping cart, so that's the shit that I did. I mean, that's pretty tame by a lot of people's standards, <laughs> but yeah, it's pretty out there for you, or at least the time at least. It's pretty, like, classic, like, like college Like stupid college shit. shenanigans, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, I was going to say, uh, when I went away to college, I went to Irvine, so my ca- my college cafeteria had... Ah, uh, University of Chinese Immigrants. Yes, my UCI, their, their cafeteria had, like, the most globally diverse food ever, like, at any college cafeteria. I swear, you know, because, like, you're thinking it's going to be burgers and Salisbury steak and And crap like that, which it is. is. It is at a lot of places, and that stuff is there. But there's, like, there was, like, an Asian thing most of the time and, like, or, like, you know, some kind of Asian thing most of the time. So, I mean, and that's kind of, I didn't realize that at the time, but talking to other people that went to different colleges, that's not super common. No. I mean, I went to Fullerton, and the most diverse we got was a Pizza Hut and a Panda Express. Yeah. So. Yeah, we had, like, we had, it was, you, it was kind of. You had the on-campus chefs, and they would cook, They like you said, their standards, burgers, pizza, but. Yeah. I remember a lot of paninis, because those were really popular yes, at the time. Yes, paninis. A lot of, like, teriyaki style or rice bowls with different things. Yeah. I mean, there was, I remember there was, like, Greekish Mediterranean yeah, food there was. that we skipped out. I skipped over for the I, most part. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really get into Mediterranean until after college, so that's a bad example. But college but, is... I mean, you had the opportunity <laughs> to experiment and try new foods. College is the, an example of how I, like, I, I, I went to college and I just started eating everything. And my parents were like, what is happening right now? Oh, yeah. You were the miss, I won't eat any Chinese food because I got sick off of Panda Express one time. Yep. And you wouldn't touch anything Asian for years and years and years and years. I didn't like sweet meats. Well, and if all you've ever been offered is Panda Express, of course you're not going to like sweet meats. Right. Because that's all they have is sweet. And teriyaki is kind of sweet meat, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Teriyaki's like, it's like a mostly sugar yeah it's like it, it's like a cup of sugar like to salt a and cup sugar. of soy sauce <laughs> to mirin which is also sweet it's very sweet yeah which i can appreciate and it. that's why i love it i can appreciate sweet meats now even now though i'm not like the biggest sweet oh, meat oh sugar meat person but oh, sugar meats but i just kind of was like this is what all of this tastes like but anyway i went to college and i tried a bunch <laughs> of new food because it was a cafeteria style and you just yeah, i'll just it, grab one you can bite eat whatever the fuck you want and you didn't like that plate throw it away pretty much yeah yeah anybody who knows what who knows about uci's pippin commons that was the shit like i only got to eat there for a year because you had to pay for it and it was when you're in the dorms mostly but um it was really cool to just be able to go to the cafeteria and eat, like, three square meals if you wanted to. 
I know I did. I usually didn't eat breakfast because like I didn't want to get up, but you still don't eat breakfast. Yeah, I didn't want to get up, so it's usually just I usually just <laughs> did like lunch and dinner. But Some that was so snack. that was so nice to not have to worry about that my freshman year. Yeah. And the food was good. Surprisingly, yes. Yeah, it was good. Um, it's it's like legendary Pippin comments. Um, Pippin being Lord of the Rings, Pippin, Pippin, and Mary, because nerd school here. Yeah, but themed most of their the dorms their... were Middle Earth, and the food, the cafeterias were Middle Earth themed. Like we had Brandywine Commons and Pippin Commons, and I was it Brandywine Hall or Commons. I don't know. It was Brandywine. It should be Brandywine Hall if they something. were going to be not stupid. And then they had the Ring Road because it was the one ring. Well, that's because they. That's because Disney and Irvine were like best friends, and they were like, you know, what would be great is if everything connected in a central hub, and you could walk around a ring to get everywhere, which is not a bad design. But Ring Road at that park in the middle was enormous, like. Probably most of the reason I gained a bunch of weight after college is because now I'm not walking that. Because, <laughs> you know, because especially in your first couple years when you're doing general ed, you got to, like, you got 10 minutes between classes, so you got to book it from, like, it's like across campus because your general eds are just all over the fucking place. Yeah. You know? You don't get a pit. You're not uh, just in your one major. Yeah, you're not, like, in the social science area. You're just, like... like, Well, now I'm at math, and now i got to book it over to English. Yeah, and it it was big. Like, it was a big campus, and it was... Shit was far. Like, I learned how to Irvine walk. Like, now I understand why my dad walks way too fast. (laughs) (laughs) After all these years. I told told you the conspiracy about why UCI's uh, center... The center is a circle, right? Because Ring Road's basically the center of campus mm-hmm. when it was originally built. And I told you the conspiracy about why it's a circle. So, like, there might be some truth to this, but, you know, nobody will ever confirm it. I heard it was because he was friends with Disney. Well, it's also <laughs> because the conspiracy goes uh, because uh, UCI was built in the, what, 64? Uh, Mid-60s? Something like that. Maybe. Well, they were there. When, what year did you graduate? It was... 2014. Okay, so yeah, it was the 60th. Obama came to speak at the 60th anniversary. Oh, yeah, so Obama we, was at my graduation. So, bitches. yeah, 64. So, it was built in 64. Um, mm-hmm. In the late 50s uh, at Berkeley, the students would riot and take over the quad, the center of the school. Oh. And because there were only four distinct points of entry to the quad, they could very easily block off all the entrance points. Oh. So you can't... Good luck with that. You can't stop a circle. Uh, So, yeah, they... Also, if you notice, the center of Ring Road, of the Ring Park, is the lowest point. Yeah. Because... If you're a bunch of cops and you need to stop riding students, you want to have the high ground. Mm-hmm. So you make the center a circle and you make it the lowest point of campus. Terrible place to try and hold a protest and take control of the school. This is a conspiracy. Uh, that probably has There's some, probably some, some truth. truth in there. That's smart. But the Disney thing's also very believable since... You know, since Irvine the city is a fucking circle and it's terrible. Well, and since Irvine the city is owned by one company, 
Just the weirdest shit. If you ever go to Irvine in Southern California, you cannot make a U-turn ever. So just keep driving until you get back to the road that you started at because it's a circle. Eventually you'll get there. Like, it's really annoying and confusing. It is. (laughs) It really is. I I, I thought your dad's joke was annoying back in the day. I think it's very funny now. And he used to make the joke that uh, having a compass in Irvine would be pointless because the thing would just fucking spin because the whole city's a goddamn circle and nothing makes sense. Yes. There there are inter- several, multiple intersections in Irvine where the streets have the same exact name. Because it's the same street. And you're like, but it's an intersection. Like, what is happening? <laughs> this because should... it's just two circles that kept overlapping. This should not be happening. Yeah. It's a weird city. Uh, it's a nice city. It's a nice city. The college is nice. I mean, yeah. it's really nice. It costs just, way too much to go to school there. Oh, yeah. Whoever designed it, the city, though, was a dick. Yes. Yeah, the college was... I mean, walking through, it was beautiful. The park was awesome. I, like, it was really cool. Um, but anyway, that's that's how I kind of got got out of my like comfort zone with food. And it just all kind of happened at once. And, I, you know, because I met friends that I... One of my best friends was Persian and... She introduced me to a lot of Persian food, um, which I was still kind of like, I don't know about at the time. (laughs) It wasn't bad or anything. I just was like, I don't know if this is, I was still kind of like feeling it out. And yeah, for some reason, Mediterranean food just always kind of eluded me until I went to a Lebanese restaurant in Santa Barbara when I was training for the place that I work now. Uh, just like in the beginning, you'd go to a training in their corporate office, which is in Santa Barbara, which is also a beautiful city. That's too expensive to live in. Yes. Uh, oh, it's so beautiful, though. And like... Um, I've never driven through it, and I was amazed by it. Going to, going to State Street and just like walking along all the shops and like there was a piano bar there that was really cool. I, just, I had so much fun on this trip to like... It was like a week of training and uh, you know after the training you could go hang out and do stuff so uh, i went with a, a co-worker that started at the same time as me and i guess they knew about or found this place it was a lebanese restaurant there and most of like the whole restaurant was outside and just like a bunch of pretty string lights and all the tables had fire pits in the middle of them which was a little warm because it was kind of like summery when I went there so I was like eh but other than that but it was really cool looking and um I just I was like yeah I'll try it because I didn't want to be like that person that like didn't want to go to do the thing (laughs) I wanted to be easy um so I went and tried Lebanese and I was like this is so good like you know just shawarma and um like tomb the garlic paste falafel uh, tabbouleh, just stuff I had never really had, but I was like, this is awesome. Like, where was this when I was thinking Mediterranean food sucks? Like, right. <laughs> yeah. So, th- so having said that, I'm getting back into Greek, um, with a lot of recipes that I find because like it does tend to be somewhat on that lighter side a lot of the time, and it does a lot with grilled meats. So, um, and it, it's very like. Italian adjacent. I mean, it makes sense. They're regionally very close, and the food it's similar. So this these these meatballs are 
like Greek, the Greek version of an Italian bread sauce with meatballs. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, Sorry, I spaced out. I looked up. You said you see, I was uh, too expensive. It's uh, I couldn't figure out if it's that was per quarter because UCI runs on the quarter system, so four quarters a year. Uh, uh well, it's trimester, well, but then summer. So quarter. So kind of like a quarter, yeah. yeah. Um, it was like ten weeks for every class, and it was mm-hmm. just like boom, 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 done. Like I was so happy. I loved it. I loved how fast-paced it was. A lot of people didn't, but I loved it. Either way, it says $16,000 for California State residents is the tuition. Yeah. And I still can't figure out if that's per quarter or per year. Um, But if you're out of state, don't ever go to this school if you don't live in California. It's uh, Mm. $43,000. So... Yeah, and, like, everybody wants to come to California schools, too. But they have to keep people out because they're so impacted. Yep. Anywho, so Italian food, Greek food. Sorry, I, I derailed us there for a second. <laughs> Italian food, Greek food. Very, very similar. And this yes. is a great example of that. Um, there, there's there's a few... Well, no, I guess there's overlap. It's just not very... We'll get to it. I was going to say there's there's a few distinctly different things that Greek food does, but... I think maybe it's just an American thing that um, I'm, I'm looking at section one, line A, first word. And I just think that's not an American thing to put that into Italian food very oh, commonly. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I guarantee back in the old country, it's probably there. And yeah. we just don't know about it. It's... To, yeah. to build some suspense for people <laughs> to keep listening. So for my... From what my like limited American mind thinks of as Italian... Yes, this has some things that I, some ingredients that I thought would make it um, unique from Italian, but I wasn't sure, like, in a good way or if it would be different enough or whether it would just be, like, this is just pasta sauce. Like, I don't, you know, what's Greek about this? It's all Greek to me. Um... But I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, spoiler alert, it is it is different. Like, it's very different and in a good way. So, <laughs> um, so before we go any further with Sudzukakia by Lucy Parisi, who is a Pinterest blogger, a person that blogs on the internet whose stuff got picked up by Pinterest and that I found. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, couldn't you be a Pinterest blogger if you really wanted just start tagging your own our own podcasts and your website on Pinterest. I don't actually know how that works. I feel yeah, like you can tag. I feel you can tag anything into Pinterest. I no, I know. You, you once can. you've tagged it in there, other people can see it too if they want to. Yes. So I you could build you could build a board and just start tagging the websites recipes, and then it would be in one collection and people would search by boards. Mm, that's true. Oh, I just gave you a new activity. Or it could be... Anyway, yeah, my website could appear <laughs> somewhere, <laughs> right? Our website, because it's got recipes on it. But either way, this is a... This is a person who posted this online. And, and I you don't, found them through Pinterest. I don't really know anything else about them. Um, but... Oh, well, let's see. Lucy is on Pinterest. And, sorry, moving on. Uh, yeah, so for the show, we're gonna, in case this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. 
And uh, the structure generally is we break down a recipe that somebody else wrote and talk about our experience making that recipe. So we, um, we talk about that via first impressions, um, shopping, cooking, tasting, and then we rate the recipe at the end. And we're going to rate the recipe based on ease of use, taste satisfaction, cost effectiveness, what the fuck factor, and leftover ability. Copyright trademark. <laughs> um, <clears throat> and uh, this recipe that we are talking about, we have already kind of broached that it's Greek meatballs in a spiced tomato sauce. Um, oh, you didn't say nothing about no tomato sauce. I did. And I wasn't listening. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's, it's, instead of being served with pasta, you, you could. You could serve with, like, orzo if you wanted to. Um, but this is served with rice and pita bread, which I, I thought was really, I mean, the pita bread is going to be good with it, right? Because you've got this, it's almost, it's got some baking spice to it, so it's almost, like, curry adjacent. It's not curry, but it's curry adjacent to the point where it tastes really nice with bread. Um, like a thin kind of bread. But, yeah, um, we kind of started talking about first impressions already where I was like... First impression, I don't remember cooking it. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. First impression was I hated the name because I can't say it. I like, so I really like when recipes put like the actual name of a thing. Yeah. In a different culture because I'm like, I feel like it's more authentic. Even if it's not, I'm like, I feel like maybe it is if you actually know the name. But also, I, I also feel like if I made this and brought it to a Greek grandma and was like, Sutsukakia. She'd be like, what are you talking about? You just said like six different words and none of them fit. No, like I... (laughs) No, like I think the word is correct. I just think if I brought her my version of it, Mm, she'd be like, this is garbage. Like, what do you... No. (laughs) And then she'd show you how to make it better. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, uh, oh God, what show... We were watching Top Chef when... um, Fuck that dick, the dickhead, oh, Wolfgang yeah. Puck. Wolfgang Puck. He, so, he, somebody just made something. Oh, it was and then, risotto. It was risotto. And then Wolfgang Puck, in the middle of judging, was like, here, come, let me show you how to make it. And he just got up and left the table and fucking made risotto in the middle of this judging contest. <laughs> and all the judges at the table were also sitting there like, is he fucking serious right mm-hmm. now? And he was, and he did. And oh, I, he's, he has a whole thing about risotto. And I think that girl went home. That episode, unless somebody else fucked up even worse. I don't think she went home that episode because the judges were like, okay, you get a lot of points for, like, putting for, up with that. For putting up with Wolfgang. Because it was just, like, very, like, demeaning. Right. She brought it on G and he was like, let me show you how to make this because this isn't how you make this. And then he did, which is the, usually it's a joke. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of an asshole. But... Anyway, sorry. Greek grandmas, Wolfgang Puck, you know, assholes. No, no, your mm, Greek grandma's lovely. I. She just hasn't made me any baklava recently. <sighs> Love baklava. I don't ever want to. So here's the, the thing with baklava. Unless it's like a good recipe that somebody you know made like at their house or like a Greek bakery made, it sucks. Yeah. But there's there's no in between baklava. Yeah, there's really good baklava and there's just trash. Then there's the frozen shit that they got out of the pan. Yeah. 
So if if you have it like made by somebody that's like it's their recipe or whatever, like that it's, is great. It's so good. It's I never want to make it because it's such Mm-mm. a pain in the ass. No, I've seen the steps to make it, and I ain't doing that shit. But when you do it right, oh my god, it's so good. That's mm-hmm. actually the, the same workplace where I uh, tried that Lebanese restaurant, um, like, that same year. Somebody brought in... I forgot the name of what I was just talking about. Baklava. Baklava. Somebody brought in, like, their homemade baklava, and I was like, this is so good. <laughs> I'd never had it before. Um, so, I mean... Moral of that story is just try shit. You might like it. <laughs> um, so other first impressions of the Greek meatballs is um, I did I did think it was weird reading through the directions. So one of the steps is take bread, soak in wine. I thought that was kind of weird. You know, and I was just going to trust. We just trusted it and it turned out, but... That that step I was I was I've never heard of soaking the breadcrumbs in wine, but it makes sense because when you make meatloaf you soak breadcrumbs in milk. So why can't you do wine? Yeah, it's it's the same idea, same I, idea. I think it's because I'm so used to cooking the wine in the pan that when you're like put shit in the wine, like when you're making a wine oh, sauce. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you use the wine in the sauce later. Yeah, but it so. was just it was a weird concept. <laughs> it to was me. a weird. That's okay. That's the thing about this recipe. It wasn't hard, but it had like very specific steps. Yep. That were kind of foreign to us, and we had to like really think about them. You know. Yeah. But a good example of where doing that is worth it. And it kind of makes you feel like it's more authentic. It makes me feel like stuff is more authentic. I'm like, a white person would never do this. <laughs> Even though. Greeks are white. I know. I know. I'm, I'm sorry. An American. A wasp. Midwestern person would never do this, you know? A wasp. <laughs> Maybe they would. I don't know. White angles <laughs> like sin Protestant. They're not going to soak their bread and wine. Probably not. No. Unless they're too busy eating meatloaf. They have a Greek grandma. I don't know. No, no, no. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. If it's foreign to me, I'm like, oh, it's oh. spicy, foreign. Oh. Ooh. Technique. Sometimes it's just stupid and it's people being dumb, but. Tradition, for tradition's sake. Yeah, like most things where they're like, make it in a mortar and pestle, I'm like. No. No, you just I'm want me good. to grind spices. I can just put them in a spice grinder. And they're like, well, if you put it in a spice grinder, that's going to get too ground. Like, I'll just not grind it as much. It's not rocket science. What? Right. So, <laughs> so some stuff I'm, I'm still, like, holding. I'm like, it doesn't really need to be like that. But, um, <clears throat> anyway. Uh, the weird... Weird stuff about this recipe, it's got cinnamon. Like, it just wants you to put cinnamon sticks in the tomato sauce. And I was like, that sounds like it might be really gross. Yep. <laughs> like, it sounds like something weird that your, like, Midwestern grandma used to do or something. No, she put spoonful of sugar in there. Yeah, um, but it, it sounds like some, some weird thing like that where you're like, uh, I don't know about that. I think we logic that it like Indian food uses a lot of cinnamon spices. Mexican and they, food. And Mexican food too. So we're like, there's probably a reason to this. Cinnamon can be extremely savory. Surprisingly, yes. But as 
as very the very waspy white people that we are, cinnamon is almost exclusively in our life uh, in sweets and pastries. Yeah, it's baking, right? It's not a so it's not a savory spice. <laughs> so many savory dishes, it's been showing up, and I'm just like, what? Yeah, I've had Mexican food most of my life. I live in Southern California. I never once would have gone. There's cinnamon in that. But yeah. there has been. Yeah, there I just has never been. would have thought to like put that put that specific flavor that you couldn't identify and go cinnamon. <clears throat> now I can pick it out sometimes. Yeah. Cooking cooking Indian food definitely got us like used to using baking spices in savory dishes. And like because that's just not a thing that we would do. No. Because you know, it's salt, pepper. We'll get a little crazy with some cumin. Yeah, or like paprika or like or cayenne. cayenne or garlic, uh, salt, garlic, onion powder. Yeah. That kind of stuff. But, but I'm never going near the, the cinnamon. Clove, clove. allspice. No, nope, nope, those don't go in savory. Yeah. Those are all in sweet things. But they're so delicious they're and they so delicious. belong in savory things. When it's the appropriate time. <laughs> they belong in savory things. They're they so do. good. They it's really do. It's like. It's like a it's a game changer, and we learned it with experimenting with Indian food. We also learned it from not surprisingly Swedish meatballs. Oh yeah, because it's got all the the it juniper berry or the allspice berries, nutmeg and nutmeg. Yeah, and yeah. allspice berries in the gravy. All it's not berries; it's just the the powder, right? Is it berries? Well, they're just the little seed pods, but... Oh. And then you just fish them out. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. You're right. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Northern, that's a good example of that, too. It's just, like, we would never ever experience that anywhere. No. Really. No. Um, so, so, cinnamon and like, tomato sauce. I was like, ooh, it's mm. like pasta sauce with cinnamon. I don't like that. But it like was that. the sick. <laughs> the sick. The stick. It's not like they're telling you to put ground cinnamon, which is much more punchy i guess but you the way you cook this i feel like you it was get, in there you get like but you get like the spice of the cinnamon more than you would with ground i feel like i, I thought it was really nice i didn't you know no i don't think it was overpowering but you taste it and it's yeah. not gross <laughs> you know i was expecting to either not really taste it and then what's the point or like taste it and have it be like why no, um, yeah, it really worked with everything. And if I had eaten that 10 years ago, I probably would have thought it was disgusting. 10 years ago, you probably would have been like, I know better than this recipe and just taken it out entirely. Well, yeah, I mean, if somebody gave it, I'd be like, that's awful. Why would you do this? But <laughs> yeah, shows what I know. I don't understand. So I'm looking over Ashley's wonderful script. She always writes wonderful scripts that make a lot of sense. Bullet point B doesn't, I'm, is, it's a question. What is your question there? Oh, we talked about this a little bit. I was like, is this going to be unique enough from your average Italian oh. meatball with red sauce? Like, what, what makes this super unique? What okay. makes this Greek? I found this very... I found the sauce style, if I'm remembering it correctly, very reminiscent to your mom's uh, rice meatball sauce, which I don't know if that she does anything oh, different. Oh, yeah, you're... I think you're onto something there because it has like very it very much emphasizes the sweetness of the tomato, 
I don't think it has cinnamon or anything like that in it, but it it's um. It was very reminiscent, but the meatballs were very very different. So it yeah, it's not like a rice meatball. It but changed the, the changed the overall taste. But when you would just eat like well, when you would eat the red sauce with the basmati rice, right, or like I, potatoes or whatever with rice meatballs kind of thing. Yeah, it's like well, no, the red sauce from this recipe, when you would eat just when you would get a bite of rice, it would have the red sauce on it. Yeah. I was like, oh, this reminds me of your mom's rice meatballs. Those rice meatballs are so good, and they just have no reason to... It's like a back-of-a-box recipe, like Kraft ketchup or something like that. I'm sure she's doctored throughout the years. I'm, yeah, it's like been around forever, but it's one of those, like, just came from it's one of those, the uh, back of a Campbell's soup can, you know? It's, one of those, it's very nostalgic. <laughs> very nostalgic. It's very nostalgic. I mean, I don't have as much nostalgia for it. I have a... Figured out the other day that I've only been around 14 years. That's eating a these while. rice meatballs. <laughs> That's a while. But they're it good is a while, though. Yeah. I mean, they're they're like really yummy, yeah. and um, it's weird because the the sauce is just um, comparatively like this sauce that we're talking about. I feel like is a lot more complex with like what it um, what goes into it, but the resulting flavor ends up being similar to the really basic tomato sauce in that the really basic tomato sauce i it like it uses sugar and tomato like i don't know whether it's ketchup or like just straight sugar or something like that but it really makes the the sweet tomato come out which is kind of the end result with this greek sauce It, it makes the sweetness of the tomato come out yeah so that's kind of an interesting comparison um but yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely very different, and like, it's like I want to make it for everybody because I feel like they're gonna be like, that's so different from what I expected it to taste like, but it's really good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just like it's such a crazy good flavor that you you might not have had. Um, and uh, yeah, it was starting to get towards the cold season. And, I mean, it wasn't, like, freezing yet because, like, we woke up one day and it was cold. That's how it always works. We're, like, waiting and waiting and waiting. Like, when is it going to be cold? And then all of a sudden it's freezing. <laughs> there is no middle ground. Yeah. So we're, like... Did we make this? I thought it was still warm out when we were making It was, this. but it was getting... We wanted it to not be. So mm. we were making... We were starting to make, like, you know, I think maybe it was October, early October... Or something like that. And we're like, we want it to be cold, so we're going to make cold food meals. <laughs> so it's like a hearty and cozy meal kind of thing. <laughs> is what I was thinking. And, you know, and I wanted to make something that makes leftovers. So this fit all of those things. I feel like you could eat this very easily in the hot weather, too. And You could. You could, but it's like, it's much more of like a... Um, like a celebration meal, I feel like it's very like holiday, like because hmm. it's hearty. It's it's very hearty and like has the spices like cinnamon that make it um like a warm dish that kind of warms you up. Yeah. Okay. So I mean that's a lot of first impressions, and I mean some good reminiscing there. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I don't know if I have anything else that I haven't already said on that. But. 
No, we were, uh, it's, it's like most of the recipes that we make that we talk about. At first we were like, I don't know about this. And then we made it and we were like, this is great. So yeah, well, because you won't let me talk about any bad recipes. <laughs> no, we talked about bad ones. No, we don't talk about enough bad ones. We talked about a bunch of bad ones. All right. And how we right. fixed them. Oh. Right. My thing is, like, if we can't fix it. True. I don't really want to talk about it because I don't feel inspired to talk about it. Well, and you're going to feel kind of bad for just shitting on whoever wrote this recipe the whole time. Yeah, like, is that really useful to anybody to listen to us be like, this recipe is bad and you should never make it and there's no way to save it like what you know why why yeah <laughs> i told you we got to do just like a special episode where we cover like once we get together like five recipes that are just unsalvageable <laughs> and you can just do a special where you're like this sucked and this sucked and you talk about why it sucked i know it's not fun but it would be different. Yeah, it's no fun. Like, who wants to hear about food I do. Sucks? I like to complain. <laughs> I want Nick's complainer episode mm. where I just bitch mm. for like 40 minutes. I don't think anyone wants to listen to that. Put it in the comments. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Would you like to talk about shopping? Yes, shopping. 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 Mm. Yes. Uh, yeah. So this is another one of those recipes, like, I'm sure you've seen a bunch of these where they just, they want stale bread. And, like, who just has bread going stale on their their counter? Like, is this something that people with families have an issue with or something? You, you can buy day-old bread. What? Yeah, you can buy day-old bread. Like from, f- like, bakeries. Oh. Yeah. Because they make their shit without preservatives. So whatever they didn't sell yesterday, they can't sell tomorrow. Uh, or whatever they don't sell okay. today, they can't sell tomorrow. Or they don't want to because they think it you know, ruins the integrity of their bakery. Okay, well, that's that's not... It's a very unique... That's not, not how they sell it. Like in these recipes, oh, just whatever just, bread you just have. Just take some slices of bread and put it out on the counter overnight and let it go stale. Whatever bread you have in your house that you're not eating. I'm like, who just has bread all the time? Well, and... who just has fresh bread that's gone stale? I got bread. And we got bread right now. It's pumped full of preservatives. So it's, it's true. Not going that's, bad. that's the other thing, right? This is... <laughs> I'm not buying fresh bakery bread and I didn't make <laughs> no. it myself. I don't have fresh bakery bread. No. No. Uh, it can be super worth it, but I just, like, don't have the money or time for that. Look, you want stale bread right now? You want to know the trick to it? I'll tell you how to make stale bread. Put it in the oven. Turn oh, the oven on as low as it goes. Dries it out, yeah. Put it in the oven for a little bit. It just wants dry bread that absorbs stuff. Right, That's right. why you want to make uh, French toast with stale bread. However, that one was disproven, I thought. No. Oh, no, that was proven. That was proven. That's true. We're talking about uh, Mythical Kitchen with Mythical Chef Josh. It goes around. (laughs) Yeah, uh, he's he's grown on me. I was not a big fan in the beginning, but he's grown on me a little bit. I'm not a fan of everything he does. He does a lot of stuff I don't watch, but. He just has, like, all this nervous energy that's, like, a lot. I like it. Now. I'm kind of used to it now. I like it now. But there's been several youtube chefs that i've been like ugh, and then I, yeah. I love them now like chef john i used to not like I, I used to have a hard time getting through his videos because the way he talks is like very like 
weird and like up like lilting and up and down kind of thing like like he's always uh just this is chef john at the food wishes.com and like that's and it just drove me nuts i was like why do you talk like this with tsutsukakia that's right we're gonna make a traditional that's too much energy for him. I'm sorry, I can't That's, do this. I just, I was like, why are you talking? Why is That's his cadence. Why is that your voice? It's, it's weird. Oh, come on. That's <laughs> like your dad doing a, your dad can, when he's presenting, has a very But he doesn't, it, it's not, and, no, it's not that. Because Chef John has oh, the up and down, and up and down. I, he might, it might be an East Coast thing. I end every thought with a question or maybe I don't. Like, it's. Like, what? Um, Anyway, I got over it, and I love him, so. Because he's proven to be a quality introduction (laughs) chef. So, we just bought, like, French bread. Oh, are we getting back to stale bread? Yeah, we just bought French bread from our grocery store bakery, and it worked fine. Which grocery store was that? Oh, oh, it was Winco, of course. Where the winners go. Yes. Thank you. Winco. Winco. Sponsoring (laughs) Winco. Sponsored by Winco. Um, there, yeah, the, it was just French bread, soft, sort of soft <sighs> bread. You know. Yep. Something you can cut into cubes. Yep, 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 yep. Anyway, uh, and then the, I did want to talk about the wine for this because this is a red sauce and wine is very, very Crucial. important for red sauce. Um, I know a lot of people that like making red sauce without wine in it, and I just, you know, to each their own. And it can be good for sure, but I feel like it just, it like, it's just missing that like hit of like, it's not vinegar, but it, wine has this like vinegar quality when you put it in a sauce that's, there's just nothing else that does that other than red wine vinegar, but that's, that's too astringent. So, it, you know, you don't Isn't get... Isn't it usually a too sweet too, red wine vinegar? Um, it's, it's sweet and it's very like astringent. I always, whenever I smell red wine vinegar, I'm always like, um, like this is like a sugary wine, like a, almost like a bitter syrup. Hmm. Kinda. Or like a, like a, like a pancake syrup, like a berry syrup that went bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the vinegar. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I think. So I'm like, how is this a sub for like... A deep red wine. Yeah, you can if you, like, have to. If you're absolutely 100% no alcohol in my life. Yeah, at that point, I would just not... I would just skip it and find a recipe that you like that doesn't have wine, but... No, I want to do this one. I would I would rather have no wine than red wine vinegar in a sauce. Um, for most sauces, I would say. Most red sauces. Mm. But, um, but Interesting. getting back to the wine, you have to have the right wine for the dish. Because, what is the right wine for the dish, Ashley? Well, this one is the one that you can't get, but I will give you a description of it so you can find one like it. Why can't I get it, Ashley? Because it's, well, unless you join Benissari Winery in oh, Napa Valley. A nice Napa Valley. Yes, we we joined them back way back when we went on our way honeymoon. Way back in the way backs. Um, to Napa, and their wine is just delicious, and we just keep getting wine from them because it's so good. So we have <laughs> wine from them showing up in a day tomorrow. Oh yes, yes, Benissere. Um, 
So they have this wine. They have this particular blend. They do a lot of blends, actually, but most of their grapes and their like blending styles are supposedly Italian. Or Italian varietals and Italian styles, and I just really like it. But um, this blend is called John's Promise, and they do it every year. Question. Mm-hmm. Uh, any relation to Chef John? I don't think so. I don't think so. Probably like the winemaker or somebody they know or something like that. It was probably the husband, John. It was his promise to his wife or something. So, I'm sure it's, it has some adorable story that I haven't bothered to read about. You know, why haven't you read about it yet? I don't know. I don't know. I've just been enjoying the wine. So they make it every year, kind of around. It's like bef- it's like the shipment before the November one. So it's like when it the seasons are starting to shift into fall a little bit. Um, and it's got this. It's just like a really nice, rich, fruity wine that usually has notes of baking spice so worked well with that cinnamon yeah so something like that um you're probably gonna get with a blend where you're probably your best bet's probably a blend and you want something that's very fruit forward and deep in flavor so you know bold not light Whereas a lot of sauces, like Italian pasta sauce, if you want to do like something on the very bright tomatoy side, you would probably want a lighter wine, like a Sangiovese or Pinot Noir or something. Something like that, lighter on the palate. You want something that's heavier on the palate for this. Um, and something that you, if you can get a blend that has some baking spice, like allspice, clove, those kind of notes in it. Because it really... Um, it really brings out the tomato, brings out the the sugar and the and the fruit quality of the tomato. I thought the wine tasted good. Yeah. It was red. <laughs> it was in my glass, so I drank it. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, you could drink it with the food, obviously. So that's good. Delicious. Yeah, it's the wine is just it's like a big player in this, and you really want something that's got a lot of like fruit it's in my meaty balls and it's in my saucy sauce so right definitely pick something good but not gonna break the bank well you don't end up using a ton no no i don't you don't end up using that much wine so maybe um, that's why you're okay with it right because that wine is like a good wine it's not half a cup super cheap or anything yeah half a cup and then I think we added a little bit more to it. Because our bread wasn't stale, so it soaked up more. It didn't soak up as much. I'm not sure. Um, you, might, you might be right. It might have soaked. But it, like, it retained more. Yeah. Oh, but I know I'm right. We ended up needing a little bit more wine. Oh, I know I'm right. For our tastes. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, use a good wine. It's not a crazy amount of wine. What kind of meat's in the balls? Do you think chickeny? Uh, it's uh, it's just beef. Beef, yes. It's just beef. It's just beef. Could you put pork in it? Um, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. If if you wanted to mix pork and beef, maybe yeah. you could do that. If you want something a little bit fattier, um, what about I, lamb? I, you could use lamb. Lamb would be good. Like on its own, or would you do a blend? If you really wanted, you could do it on its own. I would you mix it with beef. You just have like some ground lamb laying around. I would mix it with beef. If you had like veal, that would be like 
Mwah, would, chef's kiss. That would be really good. Splurting asshole chef's kiss. <laughs> but Mwah. like, I am the first person to be like, I don't like ground beef in a red sauce, and and I I don't really like ground beef in meatballs What's per se. What's the deal with ground beef and red sauce? Now I'm Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah, but I usually don't like it. But in this case, it's just ground beef, and it's very good. Like the richness of the beef is perfect against the the hyper fruity tomato. And the cinnamon spice. Um, it's really good with beef. It was very nice. So. The, all the stuff you put into it, it make, keeps, keeps just it a regular. Moist. It's not dry. Yeah. It's not. Because we I just mean, you did have to, ground beef. You do have to get like 80-20 ground beef. Like, well, why would you get anything else? Don't get anything else. Get 90 if you get a leaner, it's going to be dry and sucky. If you get a fattier, it's going to like shrink really bad and not be as. Mostly it shrinks really bad when it, you get... It's a little gooshier, too, because there's more fat. Yeah. Yeah, so 80-20 if for meatballs sweet and spot. for burgers, 80-20. It's all about that sweet spot. You got to do it. But, yeah, I mean, it's like it's one of the more common and cheaper, you know, percentages <laughs> that you can get, ratios that you can get. Um, the only other note I had about shopping is it's just... Most of it's pantry staples. The only f- you don't have to buy a lot of fresh stuff. Um, the fresh stuff is beef and like. Well, just look at the recipe. You got it right there. <laughs> I think there's. She's gonna try and remember, and she's got tools. <laughs> there's garlic. Oh, there's garlic and onion. And egg. egg. Beef. More garlic. Yeah, that's not like that's not a yeah. lot. No. I, I was I mean, you know, you could garnish with like basil or whatever fresh herbs you really want, but Oh, and hey, I'm stupid cuz you actually put red wine vinegar in the sauce. Oh my god. And it tastes really good. Uh well, it's such a small amount. It's a teaspoon. It's really good. Um it, It's enough to notice, but that's not a lot. Yes. I stand by what I said earlier. I would not sub my, my wine for red wine vinegar. Oh no, that would be really aggressive. In a sauce. Would not do that. So so yeah, shopping's pretty easy. Um, yeah, other things are just like breadcrumbs, or not bread, I'm sorry, just like stale bread and, or French bread and stuff that you, there's fresh thyme. I would also seasonings. definitely say um, you couldn't, you could not do like Italian breadcrumbs in place of stale bread, wine soaked, like, like some people might go... Oh, well, I don't have any bread laying around, so I'll just put breadcrumbs in for a binder, mm. like you do with most meatballs. You, you could do that, but it would lose a it lot. Would, it would be very different. I wouldn't do it. It would lose a lot. Yeah. I was really skeptical about the bread, because I'm like, is this going to be like a bread ball? Like, this is weird. No, it was good. But it actually comes out... It, it actually comes out really nice, and it keeps the beef from getting, like, dry, dried that's, out. That's and, why I think it's very important, and you wouldn't want to sub it um, if you didn't have bread that you could use to soak in the wine. Um, I would wait on this dish. I wouldn't I wouldn't sub regular breadcrumbs in. Just go get some bread. Yeah. And I think that segues nicely into the <laughs> first point about cooking. Soak the bread in wine. Yes. You have you, you really, really want to do that. It's weird, but you really want to do it. It's going to be so good in the meatball. It's like gummy is a bad word and doesn't sound good, but it kind of creates like this like 
gumminess that adds back some of what you're missing from the beef not being a fatty meat. Yeah. Kind of thing. It, uh, yeah, it, it kind of just like gloms everything together into a nice moist ball. And then you get that wine everywhere, which is, you know, if it's good wine, you want it everywhere. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a, it's a probably the most unique step of this, which I'm sure there are some people that are like, this is what I do with all of my meatballs. But for us, well, it was the most unique. You're really smart. Good for you. <laughs> um, cooking's really easy. It's just, you know, it's searing meatballs. You've seared, you've, if you've made meatballs, you've seared meatballs. Um, you gotta be careful. Because it, it wants you to use the same pan to make the sauce that you cook the meatballs yeah, in, right? Yeah, you're basically just using like a... I mean, you can use whatever pan you want. You can use cast iron. Because um, does the do the meatballs finish in the sauce? Yeah. So, I I don't think we did ours in the in the same pan because we seared ours in the the stainless steel and then we cooked our sauce in the pot. But we did deglaze and put some of the scrapings into it we could have i think what they're recommending is that you do that you use like a dutch oven or like an enamel oh maybe we did use our dutch oven because they're because they want you to cook the meatballs they their recipe tells you to clean the pan after you brown the meatballs which i feel really i feel like that's weird and maybe don't do that unless you like burnt stuff well yeah i've i've had to clean pans that wanted the fond because you know I just it was too yeah. hot when it went in. Yeah. There were too many seasoning. Yeah. And there, there you do flour the meatballs lightly before you put them in. So there's there's stuff that can burn. Oh, then we definitely cleaned them in between batches. Because, That's probably why. Because there was like oil or butter at the bottom, and that flour just burns into that shit. That's probably why they they say that. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, definitely clean out your shitty flour and grossness. Um, but if you get good fond, use it. Yeah. If, yeah. But you probably end up having to clean it. Yeah. Um, you can, I mean, you can really do, you can really use anything. The only important, the only important pan is the steering pan where you're steering the meatballs and like. Something that you're comfortable getting hot to get a good. Yeah. You really want. Cast, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, cast iron, iron or, or stainless, stainless, or and not, uh, uh, not nonstick. Nonstick. Yeah. You can't get it hot enough to get a good enough sear. Right. Right. So, and you can't. I mean, you also want it to like stick a little bit because that's what gets you like the the good texture on the meat. Yeah. Yeah. So I see you have a comment here about the type of tomatoes, of canned tomatoes. What is the recipe originally called <laughs> Yeah, for? the recipe calls for, like, Was canned whole tomatoes? whole tomatoes. Gotcha. But then it's like, blend them. And I'm like, well, then why didn't you just not do that? <laughs> yeah. You know? It even says, like, or you can just use, like, tomato puree. I'm like, yeah. Because they sell tomatoes. It's canned tomatoes. They sell them in whole, diced Petite diced uh, puree. puree. Chunky. You know, so it kind of depends on what you want. I kind of like, I, I'm i pretty sure we used diced. I'm pretty sure, unless I'm just insane and we use puree. Well, look at the picture. Um, 
And we can... I tried to, like, figure it out from looking at the picture of it, but I... Looking at the picture, we probably used pureed. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think we did. I think we used pureed. I personally would do, like, if you had uh, a can of... Because so, doesn't it call for, like, 28 ounces or something? Um... 14 ounce tin of tomato sauce that's not quite enough tomatoes in sauce uh, i prefer things saucier saucy i like to see the amount of sauce but um so i mean i guess if you had like a tiny tin of i liked the sauce i like the puree i like a smoother yeah. sauce no I, it was good but you could mix like a half and half get like get a little chunk a little little tomato sauce or mix some diced tomatoes in there if you wanted to but personally i would go with the 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 pureed sauce mm -hmm. but yeah i don't see the point of buying whole tomatoes and then pureeing them yourself mm -hmm. there i don't think they're any better they're pretty much the same product i guess you'd get a little more texture because they when they put it when they put tomato sauce in the can they strain out the they strain it out so it's just a pure sauce yeah it, it really yeah it really depends how much texture you want. i guess if you want more rustic you can get whole tomatoes and put it through like a mill or hit it with a blender a stick blender but but if you want if you want to do the easy thing just get tomato puree and it works <laughs> perfectly uh it really does um anyway uh so I just realized we really carved it up with the sides on this. Well, that's the recommended sides are rice and pita bread. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what you want with it. It's like curry. Like, you want bread and rice to soak up all the sauce. Now, let's say, um, let's say that you had to choose. Which one would you rather have if you could only have one? Mm. You only choose rice, or you only choose. You're gonna choose pita bread. I know you. You don't. You like rice only an, as much as it's needed for the dish. Uh no, but I actually like basmati rice. Maybe rice. You go rice over pita. Because rice is gonna be more filling. I would say it depends on what pita you have. Because, like, we just had the whatever Sarah Lee bullshit store pita. Yeah, it was and fine. And, like, if I had to choose between that and the basmati rice, I'm going to basmati rice it all day. Right. But if you have, like, a good pita, then pita's way better. Oh, yeah. If you had good pita, then, yeah. But we just had, you know. It was fine, though. Like, it's it'll get the job done. It's good. Um, you do want basmati rice, though. It doesn't. It just says, like, white rice or something. But you really want basmati rice because it's... Or some... or Well, I was going to say medium grain rice, but... Long grain. Uh, <laughs> you want some long grain, but I just personally really like basmati with anything that's like super saucy, like curries and um, things like that. Because they don't get like mushy. Yeah. But basmati has like a like fluffed, dry texture. If you get it right, which I don't always do. Yeah, you're right. It has a like a fluffy thing to it that like. So yeah, both are good. It definitely, it's better with both, but yeah, it's better with both. Some people are gonna make you choose between one. It is carby. 
It's Garby, but I mean, we went really light with the rice because we were like, well, we're getting fucking bread. Yeah. It's you like, don't need like a ton of rice. It's just nice we, to have some rice with the, you know. I think we cooked a half cup of dry rice total. Yeah. So, you know, whatever that amounts to to, to cooked rice. But it was a very small amount. Yeah. I think when we ate it for leftovers, spoilers, uh, I think we just ate it with the pita, though. Well, because we didn't have any more, more rice. Yeah, I think so. I, I think, was just thinking about it. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, it's They're both good. They are both good. Oh, overall, it's really easy to cook. Oh, yeah, cooking. We barely talked. What, what, sear the meatballs, finish it in the sauce. Did I mean, sear the meatballs, make the sauce. And then finish the meatballs in the sauce. And then finish the meatballs in the sauce. So, I mean, there's not much to talk about. We've talked about making sauce before. <laughs> It's it's a pretty, it's sauce. Put everything in the pan, pot, bowl, cup, whatever. However you want to cook your sauce. I like to use my hands. Pot would be good. I like to use my hands, hold them up over the fire. Um, you know, make it all together, make it taste good, then drop some meaty balls in it. Mm. I don't know what else you need. What else do you want to know? Yeah, it's... um. The only and weird part you, is soak the bread in the wine. When you think the and then balls, wring out the wine bread. Oh yeah, well it's written in the directions. They saw that. And keep the wine. <laughs> yeah, you gotta wring it out. You gotta wring out the wine bread. It's a weird ass feeling. I remember that. That was fun. Picking up that bread and just smushing it into Squeeze a Squeeze out ball the wine. <laughs> as it's just fucking dripping nasty like flowery wine bleh, back into the bowl. Starchy. Mmm, starchy. Mm-hmm. Schnarf. It's good. Um, tasting. But, oh, you want to talk about taste now? Taste. Let's talk taste. about taste. Okay. Um, it's good. It's good. It's really good. Yeah, it's super good. The, so the sauce, the other thing that we haven't really talked about is the sauce uses uh, red onion. Not um, The meatballs use shallot, but the sauce itself uses red onion and not shallot and not white onion and not sweet onion, right? So it's like... If you know huh. red onion, it's very pungent. It's very different. It's like the oniony-est onion. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there's more oniony onions, but red onion is very, like, strong onion flavor. And um, I thought that just sounded really good, and I was pretty excited about the way that would work with everything else. So we keep talking about how sweet this is. Um, because you have like the cinnamon and tomatoes and the sugar from the wine and the fruitiness from the wine. Um, but then you have the red onions and the red wine vinegar. There's just a little bit of red wine vinegar in there that make it, um, astringent and make it, um, that's the best way I can (laughs) describe it. It's like it would be, it would be gross and overwhelming if you didn't have all the sweetness to come behind and like balance it out. But it's astringent in a good way. Yeah, it just gives it like another dimension. That's, <laughs> it's really yummy. The red onion is really good. And you really like taste the onion in a good way. Um, and it just, it makes that, the combined taste of like the astringent and the sweet um, really makes it different from like your Italian red sauces. Makes it its own planet. <laughs> Um, and the meatballs have a really good texture, even though they have weird soggy bread in them, which seems like it would be bad, but 
that it makes them like it it just melds the meat together mm-hmm. <laughs> into this really great ball of yumminess. Um, Sorry, I'm reading through your notes. I'm kind of spacing out. I'm thinking about this dish. It was really good. Yeah. Now I got it on the brain. Yeah, I know. I want to eat again now. Uh, <laughs> I really want to make it for wait, people. <laughs> wait, do you want to eat it again or just eat again? Uh, either one or both. <laughs> but I really want to eat this again. Because um, it just has such a unique, fun taste. Yeah. Um, and the meatballs have, the meatballs are great. Like, even though they're just ground beef, they're really good. Which is not something that's normal for me to say. No. <laughs> no, that is not normal for her to say. I, we used to make, I used to make meatballs all the time. And, uh, I think I ruined meatballs for Ashley for a while. So for, for something to be a meatball and to be desirable, it's, uh, it's really saying something for that recipe. <laughs> yes, yeah. Unlike the those fucking feta meatballs that we oh. tried to make, so we were, we tried to make more meatballs. Going on the meatball kick, these were Moroccan, um, Moroccan lemon and cardamom meatballs, which sounds really good, and the flavor profile was good. But this recipe had you put, like, everything under the sun into the meatball. It put feta, it put chunks of feta cheese into the meatball. Yeah. And breadcrumbs and onion and, and like, decent piece-sized pieces of onion. Yeah. I mean, I, I cut them well. It was noticeable. Like, and that's what the directions said. Yeah, it is. It didn't say, like, to mince the onion. It said... Yeah. These were lamb meatballs, too. So, lamb is pretty lean, usually. Um, it, it's, it just turned into, like, a glob of fat. All, all the cheese went into the middle. Yeah, it was so gross. Like, we didn't even... We, we threw it away, and we didn't eat it, and we ordered McDonald's. <laughs> it was a sad night. Oh, no, we ordered Wendy's. We heard Wendy's. It was still a sad night it, to waste it. Yeah, it's because lamb's we, not cheap. At least not where we're at. Yeah, it sounded. We're gonna probably try it again and like just modify, like take a bunch of the stuff that's in it and put it on the outside instead. Because yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was like not edible. It was like a floppy, gummy, like mess. Like it would the meatball wouldn't when you put your fork into it. It was like pudding or something. Well, and then the finish on everything was, every bite, the finish was aggressive feta. Yeah, we kind of knew better, but we did it because of recipes because of like this. this. Recipe where we were, were like, like, that oh, doesn't seem wine bread? doesn't seem like it should work, but it does. Yeah, this one didn't work. Feta and your meatballs doesn't work very well, um, especially because they wanted like a lot of feta mm-hmm. in there. It was like. It was like half a cup of feta to a pound of meat. I don't get it. Yeah. Um, but that wasn't the issue with these meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> Not to confuse our meaty balls. These meaty balls were meaty and bally. These are the beef meatballs. Beefy balls. Um, Not lamby balls. Yeah. So, yeah, the texture was super good. And it's super warm and hearty. Perfect for the cold sea, cold weather season. 
Um, that is upon us. And it's like, it's warm and hearty like a good like stew is, but it's like also refreshing and light because of all the fruit flavor and the, the onion and cinnamon and tomato do something that's, that's um, like it just brings energy to the dish when they're together. And kind of brightness, even though the dish has, like, deep, complex flavor, it's not, like, heavy because of all this, because of the balance of the other flavors in there, um, which is what I really liked about it. <laughs> it's like, you can almost eat it as a summer dish, but it is very, like, hearty, warm sauce kind of recipe. It was lovely. It's just, it's not heavy at all, which is nice. Yes. Do we, do we want to move on to our ratings? Yeah. Do you have anything else to say about the tastings? Nope. It's, okay. it's really good. You should make it. I don't have a lot to say. I just, you know, yeah, it's good. It's basic, <laughs> like, but it's it's exactly what you want it to be. Yes. Yep. Um, so, rating, we're going to talk about the ease of use. Um. On a scale of what to what? One to f- a scale of one, one to five, five pitas. One, one to five pitas. Now, what if I want a half pita? No half pitas. Only whole pitas? Only whole pitas. Gotcha. Whole pitas okay. or get out. Whole pitas or get out. You ate a lot of half pita that night. I'm just saying, you know, you broke your own rules. And uh, I wasn't on my show. I was living my life. Ah, living your best life? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Living that pita life. Ease of use. This will be interesting because I don't know. Um... I, f- I want to say four because it is really super easy. But what about than... soaking that bread and that wine? It's just if you read the directions carefully, you're fine. Oh. Because I don't feel like we had to change that much, if no. anything, really about this. Yeah. Um, I I almost want to say five. It's really easy to follow. I guess the hardest part to me where you could really mess it up is the meat- browning the meatballs. If you cook them too much. Yeah. Yeah. So Searing that, meatballs a, is a little bit of a trick. Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm saying four because of the the searing technique and because of the bre- soaking the bread and draining the bread. Okay. I'll, I'll agree with you on the four. I almost wanted to say three also. I was all over the place. I was like, it's super easy, but it's also, it's not. So. What else is not? easy about it the bread thing's weird um if you don't read the directions clearly you could mess something up if you're like skimming through well don't read recipes like i read recipes and you'll be fine oh she acknowledges the issue that is at hand here um so okay so yeah for ease of use it's not that hard of a recipe to follow if you follow it yeah anybody anybody out there who like is a professional skimmer because you like learned that you can't you learned that like that's how you finish pages of textbooks in school without having to actually like spend the time and read them just looking for those key points pretty much right but like don't do that with the rest if you learned it too well i learned it too well and now like i feel like i can barely even read a book because i i keep skipping forward without like getting the material like i'm getting the main points but i'm missing the like the plot and the depth i'm missing like the character interaction or something because my eyes are just like darting around looking for the point and it's like no the point is just to chill out and read a book you know (laughs) 
I don't know. I just don't like reading things like the long way. Look at what the American education system did to you. It ruined hobbies. I mean, they didn't really teach me how to skim. I just learned that because I thought that reading was boring or reading what they were trying to get me to read was boring. Yeah, that's their fault for forcing you to read a lot of boring shit. Yeah, I mean, and then we have Cliff Notes, so, like, I didn't read anything again, I feel like. I mean, I read some stuff, but... So, basically, it's a four if you actually read the recipe. Okay, my teacher assigned me, my high school teacher assigned me uh, East of Eden, which is, like, an 800-page book to read over the summer. Okay. So, I didn't. Because, obviously. Because go fuck yourself, teacher. <laughs> Over the summer reading bullshit. I, I hate John Steinbeck because of that teacher. Because she made me read so much John Steinbeck and would not shut up about how he lived in whatever California. And he lived here. And that's why his writing is so good because he was here. Like, fuck, I get it. Ugh. And I, I just, Of Mice and Men is not a bad book. It's fine. At least it's short. <laughs> but, you know, but East of Eden, oh my god. <laughs> that book is bad and dumb, and the pearl is just bad. And the kid fucking dies, and it's like, why? What's the point of anything? All right? Um... Sorry, I didn't read any of this shit. I just read recipes properly so I know how to do things. I I can get the gist of something without fully reading you it. You just can't get the gist of marination time. I'm much better much now. Much better about it. Lot of missed recipes. I'm getting I'm getting better. I said you're getting better at. I'm just saying that there were a lot of recipes we didn't do in the past. Because Ashley didn't read where it said it took 6 to 12 hours to marinate. Well, we did it. We just did it, like, the next day or something. Yeah. You know, which isn't ideal. And now I know to skim for Mm -hmm. that piece of information. Oh, my God. You're still not reading. No. Anyways. Reading is for pores. I don't know. Why would you read? I read. (laughs) Why would anyone read anything? I read. (laughs) I don't have time. Ain't nobody got time for that. Ain't nobody got time for that shit. Okay. Yeah, that's... Yep. Anyway, anyway. um, Taste satisfaction. It tastes really good. And I don't know that I knew what it was going to taste like. But when I thought of the red onion and the cinnamon, I really wanted it to be what it was. I just, like, didn't know that yet, if that makes sense. It turned out like what I... What I had in my mind, but I couldn't really, like, conceptualize that as a flavor. Because I haven't really had this. Like, I just haven't had this combination, I don't think. Just quite like this. So, I mean, I would give it a five. Because I, it, like, made up its own taste that I loved. (laughs) I'm going to give it a four. Okay. um, Because this is my personal preference. Because uh, I'm a saucy bitch. And I would have liked a little more sauce, personally. Um, but that's that's my personal taste. So. Well, that's an easy fix. Just make more sauce. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying, the way it's written, I was like, I wish there was more sauce here. You always want more sauce. I do. I like sauce. 
Yeah, there, there could have been. The sauce was delicious. I mean, there oh, could have been yeah, more of it. It was delicious sauce, and there wasn't enough of it. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and it smells so good, too. It really does. Like, the house smells so good while it's cooking. Um, it's like you're baking tomatoes or something. <laughs> <laughs> Which also smells really good, by the way. Um, roasting tomatoes. <coughs> On an open fire? No, just roasting them in the oven. Remember we did that for the tomato soup recipe? Well, but then what are we going to have with our chestnuts? I don't want chest. Chestnuts are weird. Chestnuts roasting. They're like, they're like slimy inside. I have no, well, because you didn't roast them on an open fire. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't even know if I've ever had a chestnut. I'm sorry. I feel like chestnut is like. My joke was dumb. I'm sorry. It's like the okra of nuts. I don't, why? The okra of nuts. That's funny. <laughs> um, okay, well, I think it's five. I loved it so much. Um, cost effectiveness. It's very cheap. It's pretty cheap. The only thing that's going to be expensive is the wine. Yeah. Because you want to get something that's nice and um, bold without being overly dry, which is can be a little bit tricky to find. And you really want to go for a blend there because anything that is a single varietal, especially if you're a single grape, if you're buying it um, on the cheaper side, like from a grocery store or something... It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard to get something that's, that is sweet enough, if that makes sense. <laughs> Cause like fruity enough, not sweet enough, I guess. Cause this is, I, I really feel like this is not a sauce that wants like a deep like cabernet or something that's got a real dry edge on it. You need something more juicy. So, um. You have a lot to say about wine again. There's a lot to say about wine. Four. Four for cost of the. Because the wine's the only thing. And you can get a fairly decent, like, blend for not a lot at, like, Trader Joe's or. I feel like Trader Joe's has some good blendy wines that for that aren't that expensive or they used to. Like they had that cocoa bond. You think that would be good there? In this? I think so. No, I think so. You got a Trader Joe's. Now you still have that. Yeah, I, I think that might be a good fit for this. Yeah. Okay. There's a store brand one. Uh, also four, because you could go nuts with the wine. It's a five, you know, if you already have good wine laying around. Yeah, if you already have the wine, like you just know, use a just... half a cup and drink the rest. Yeah. And so there you go. <laughs> it could be a five. Everything um, else is cheap. Like, yeah. everything else on this is cheap. The next most expensive thing is ground beef, so. Yeah. You know, look at your area and tell me how much your ground beef is. Well, Ours isn't that expensive. That's true. Generally, ground beef is not very expensive. So, so yeah, four. Definitely a four. Um, moving on to what the fuck factor. What the fuck? It's, uh, I mean, for me, it was a five. Reading it was weird. Uh, tasting it was weird in a good way. Um, I don't know if I've had... I've had cinnamon in meat, but I just don't know if I remember having it in meatballs and in my sauce like that. That's that's probably one of my biggest, like, the hell. 
Mm. And the wine bread, but we talked about milk bread, so. Yeah, the wine bread's not really that weird. No. Classically. I still think it's a five. What the fuck? Um, I'm, I'm going to give it like a three. I don't think it's that weird. I think it's just... I think it's just Greek. I mean, I think it's just a different um, style of cooking. Different spice set. Um, and I also say three because I mentioned this to my mom and she was like, that sounds delicious without like any hesitation, which is not normal. Huh. So, <laughs> so I was like, this must not be that weird. <laughs> I mean, that's the other reason I want to make it for them, because she was like, yeah, I would love to eat that. And I'm like, oh, good. I would love to make it. <laughs> so, um, the three. You can have a five. I will have my five. <clears throat> All right. Does it left over? Hardcore. Yeah, yes. it totally does. Meatballs usually left over pretty well, depending on what kind. But usually, like, if they held up fine during the cooking, they're going to hold up fine when you microwave them. Yeah. And they did. I think we ate it for like two days. We Yeah, we did. It was delicious. Because you don't need that many. It was delicious for like two days for lunch. Especially when you put it with pita and or rice. You don't need that much to go with it. You d- nice. Yeah, you just need something. Like because there's sauce, you need some kind of carb. Yeah. Or something with it. Um, yeah, I was going to say you could have like a vegetable, but it's like you need something that soaks up the sauce. Well, you could have a vegetable with the carbs, but you still need <laughs> a carb. You're going to really miss it if you don't have a carb. You could do it, but I wouldn't. Yeah, they're del- they're still really good, though, without. But it's just, it like lends itself to. Yeah. It's so, it's so reminiscent of curry. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, yeah, it does. Five. Five for leftovers. I, I will say, I, uh, we started off this uh, this episode talking about how I don't remember cooking this at all. And as we talked and went through everything, I do remember cooking this more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's good. It's You can impress some people with it. Yeah, if you've never had so anything like that, yeah. I've never had this. Yeah, I was impressed by it. You impressed me with it. I'm people. <clears throat> Boom, problem solved. <laughs> oh, there's also cumin is a big spice in here that we didn't mention. Cumin? But uh, that makes sense, right? <laughs> it's kind of kind of the Mexican uh, mole kind of thing with cumin and cinnamon. But, yeah, it's like a weird cultural crossover thing. It really re- reminds me of a lot of different other things from other cultures. So, so yeah. Anything for your outro or? Nope. No. Um, I'm just gonna. Just gonna be signing off. <laughs> just gonna say bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you still are, <laughs> if you uh, if you're still listening, tell your friends to listen. We could use more listeners. We're gonna get better. <laughs> about being consistent. Yeah. Oh yeah, we've been been pretty good the last couple of weeks. We're trying to. Stay on it, cause this is pretty. This is pretty fun for us. I mean, we we cook stuff all week, all every week, anyway. So, so why not talk? We might about as well it. talk about it. <laughs> We're gonna cook it. Might as well talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> Can only bother our family with it for so long. Right. But, yeah. They get bored. But yes, thank you, thank, and uh, thank I, you. I'm signing off. And, and good night. Night.